This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 771. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 771. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday if you're listening in live time. I'm recording this on a Wednesday and it is the last day of school. And the last day of school at our school is kind of a joke that's not hilarious (laughs) because school goes from 8.15 to 10.30. Not even a half day, just till 10.30. (laughs) And it's pretty hilarious whenever I'm in parent association meetings or meetings with the school administration and the work that I'm doing with the parent association. And we're all like, why is this a thing? Like, why are we going to school till 1030? Why can't we just skip it? Or why can't we go all the way to three? So we had a school day till 1030 today. And then after that, I, as part of my role in the parent association, kind of made this big deal with a couple other people, a couple other um, people in our leadership team, that we should make sure that every kid has something to do after school. Because what I've seen happen in other years is that, you know, some kids are going to this park, and some are going there, and some are going home and don't have plans with friends and feel left out. So we had this great idea that seemed fantastic a few months ago, that we should make sure that every grade level, K through eight, has a meeting spot that people can meet at. So just pick a park with your grade and decide to go there. No one has to bring anything to even like share with others, but just meet, have like a designated meeting spot. 
Of course, some classes decided to do this and like, we're going to provide sandwiches or ice cream or popsicles or whatever the thing. But we wanted to keep it really, really simple. And we also wanted to encourage folks who have the ability to drive other children who maybe have flexible work schedules to make sure that they were letting folks know like, hey, I can take a couple extra kids because we also have plenty of parents who are like, I were two parents working in this household or a single parent household, only one person, only one caregiver in the household and that person's working and we wanted to make sure that everyone had access. So what ended up happening is this all worked out really great, felt really good about it. And then on the last day of school, I was like, I don't want to go to the place. Like <laughs> life is too hectic and chaotic. And I'm so grateful that we had a place, but I was just laughing. I'm like, can we just go home and do nothing? <laughs> so we did go to the place. It was great. It was fun. We went to the park. It was lovely. If you're here in Seattle, we ended up at Golden Gardens with our grade and a handful of other grades from our school, which was super, super fun once we were there. But I was like, why did I ask for this? Why did we set this up? Like every grade has an activity because then I ended up being like the parent that had to go to the activity. Luckily, I did not have to run it. So shout out to the parents who ran it, our fourth grade team who did a great job. But that's what I did today. And then I came home to record this episode. And in an hour, I'm heading out to Vinny's all-star baseball game, which is a big deal. He's on the all-star team. Baseball is our entire life right now. And it just feels like a lot of chaos. And so how ironic that today's topic is how to improve adaptability, (laughs) because I've had to be quite adaptable today and also a handful of other things happening this week. And then the last couple of weeks, I'm just really getting to flex my adaptability muscle a lot. And it's not really a muscle I enjoy flexing. It's not a muscle that I you know, like to practice using. Um, However, life keeps on giving me opportunities to practice using it. And I think that motherhood gives you so many opportunities to practice adaptability. And oftentimes we don't even realize we're doing it. And then other times we're like, holy cow, like I need a break from having to adapt all the time. I remember when Vinny was teeny tiny and I was trying to get him on a schedule and I was reading all of these Facebook group posts from parents who have new babies and doing all this research on sleep training and on getting your baby on a schedule. And I didn't necessarily want to sleep train him as a newborn. And as I was started reading, I was realizing like, you don't do that as a newborn, but I did want to get him on a schedule. I was very convinced that like a schedule would make all this easier. And I remember reading and asking questions about sleep schedules and specifically in one parent group for newborns that I was in. And I was like, okay, like, you know, he's three weeks old. Why aren't we on a schedule? Like I'm trying to do a schedule. It's not working. And I remember the woman who ran the group, who's actually past guest of the show, Rebecca Miki, who's awesome. She was like very lovingly trying to hold my hand. And she was like, yeah, so like you can't do a schedule for your baby when they're, you know, three weeks old or three months old. It kind of happens on its own between six and 12 months. And I remember this like devastation that oh, wait, I have to just like keep kind of winging it based on what this child needs for like multiple more months. I very much thought there would be a schedule early on, like maybe day three to five. (laughs) And it was not working out that way. Shortly after, right around that same time, a good friend of mine said, when you have a baby, every three months, everything changes. So I remember really struggling with feeding Vinny. And she's like, you know, this seems really hard right now. But then like in three months, just when you get this figured out, something else is going to be really hard. Like it's going to get all flipped upside down again, and you're gonna have to refigure it out. And that also just seemed like a real hopeless (laughs) point of view that like, I was thinking I could figure this out one time. And then I would just be done figuring it out for 18 years. Like I just needed to figure out one schedule or one template. And then like, that's just what I would do every day until this child was raised. And, you know, if you have a kid, you know, that's not how it works. And so I so clearly remember 
being told that every three months, everything was going to change and be feeling like I got sold a really bad bill of goods. It's like, this is not what I signed up for. And when I look at that first year of newborn land, definitely like every three, three months, things change really dramatically. But also that kind of keeps happening. Like every three months, my child's now 10 and a half. And I would still say we're like on the every three months, things change dramatically. Maybe it's every six months. But I mean, there's like still just things are constantly growing and evolving. And with that means like adapting over and over and over again. And then when you add into that a career or a pandemic or like anything else, it can just feel so, so challenging. And I think what ends up happening is we think that we're people that we tell ourselves this inner narrative that like we're not good with change and we're not adaptable and it we're you know it's really hard for us and that really really undermines our ability to then be adaptable and i get it cuz i'm one of those people like i don't like change i like things to be very predictable very certain very like i like to know what's going to be happening now and what's going to be happening in 3 months and what's going to be happening in 6 months and it a struggle when in realizing and then like embracing that that's just not how it works. And so how can I embrace being adaptable and own being adaptable as a skill set so that I can actually keep functioning at a reasonable level like this, you know, for all the years required to raise a child or to, you know, build a career or to do whatever the thing is that you want to do. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. A number, I think it was probably two years ago, it was in like the heart of the pandemic, probably two years ago. I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, and she was talking about Jim Collins. And I think I've talked about this quote before, but I actually went and looked up the specific quote. I think I've referenced it before, but I went and looked up like the specific wording. She shared this quote by Jim Collins, who's written a number of books. One of, I think his most well-known book is called Good to Great, and it's on leadership. So she shared this quote from Jim Collins, and it made me like, literally stop the podcast and be like, I'm done. I refuse to listen to the rest because that quote made me so angry. So she was talking about the context of the pandemic being just so much uncertainty and everything feeling so unpredictable and having to like adapt and pivot and shift things constantly and how that was just really, really exhausting. And I think she was actually maybe even interviewing Jim Collins But she said that she had heard this quote from him and that it also made her very angry. So the quote from Jim Collins is, uncertainty is chronic, instability is permanent, and disruption is common. Uncertainty is chronic, instability is permanent, disruption is common. I'm not a person that wants to know that uncertainty is chronic, that things are always going to be uncertain. I'm not a person who wants to know that instability is permanent. (laughs) And I definitely don't want to know that disruption is common. I would prefer the opposite of all that, please. (laughs) So I remember having to pause the podcast and think for a moment that that seemed like a not kind thing to say when we were in the middle of a pandemic and then think through, okay, how can I use this in a way that's helpful and meaningful? Because the point of the conversation that she was having was that everything is always uncertain. And it's always been that way. And yes, it maybe feels or is more that way right now, whether you're in a really intense phase of motherhood, or as you know, in the case of this podcast, it was about the pandemic. But uncertainty is chronic. And so whether you're in a time right now that feels really tumultuous, it's going to keep like, that's going to be that's going to be a common thing in your life, because that's just how it works, right? Same with instability, like instability is just going to always be around you. You can always choose to look at the things that keep you grounded, because those things will also exist, but instability is going to be permanent. And then disruption is common. I so many times in coaching people, whether it was in my gym doing fitness coaching and lifestyle coaching and nutrition coaching and health coaching, or if it's been doing business coaching or life coaching or executive coaching or any level of coaching I've done every time someone starts to work on something, 
there's some sort of hiccup. And this idea that we're going to be working on things and that nothing is ever going to make us push pause or that nothing's going to get in our way, that there won't be obstacles. It's just, it's not how it works. Like disruption is common. Disruption happens all the time. And I swear to God, disruption is more common and more intrusive and more chronic when you have made a real big commitment that you're going to do something and you're going to really commit and dig into it right now. And so I think about people who like would join my gym and be super committed to working out like five days a week. And then all of a sudden, like their kid would break a leg and their husband would have to travel for work and they would get the flu. Or I think about my clients, my business coaching clients who all of a sudden are like, okay, I know exactly what my goals are for the next three months. And they write them down and we talk them through and that's like all good to go. And then all of a sudden it's like some massive obstacle or hiccup comes up. And then it's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to shift gears a little bit or we're gonna have to look at it this way. or We're gonna have to work through this thing in order to get to the thing that we originally had planned. And that disruption is super, super common. So what I have learned to do as a coach over the years is to tell people and support people around like, this is, you have a great plan right here. This is a great thing to be working toward and planning for. And also know that a whole bunch of things could get in the way of this and it's still going to be fine. That that's normal. It's normal when you start down a path for the universe to be like, haha, we have other plans for you. That's super normal. And if you know that that's coming, then you're like, oh, there it is. There's the hiccup. Like, this is what happens. So I'm going to deal with it this way. And then I'm going to move on rather than being like completely floored by it and maybe even being disabled by it, where you all of a sudden are not able to do the things that you wanted to do. So I want you to think about how you embrace these different components around uncertainty, instability, and disruption in a way that allows you to keep moving forward and keep doing the things that you want to do and honoring your own needs rather than keeping you really stuck or really frustrated or really overwhelmed. And I know that I've definitely had times where I fall into frustrated, stuck and overwhelmed because I'm like, here it is again, uncertainty or instability or disruption. And I immediately feel this sense of constriction, like, oh my gosh, here it is. And nothing ever works the way I want it to. And we've probably all had moments like that where instead of feeling, instead of acknowledging, okay, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn here or embracing like, oh, I'm good at being adaptable. So when this hiccup comes my way, like I got it, it's fine. I can move right through it. And when we instead go into constriction, which I'm really good at, we instead go into constriction, then all of a sudden we end up being way more in our own way. So what does it look like to be able to embrace uncertainty, instability, disruption as a part of being adaptable and owning that we're adaptable beings. When we tell ourselves, I struggle with being adaptable, or I struggle with being nimble, or I'm not very creative when things get hard, or I see obstacles, and it's hard for me to see opportunities, then that's how it's going to be. And so if you can identify as someone who is adaptable and nimble and able to be creative and be a problem solver, then you get to be that way. Like you get to live out whichever self-fulfilling prophecy you choose. So I want to talk through six ways that you can improve your adaptability in motherhood and in life. So you can apply this to motherhood, but you can also apply it to your career. You can apply it to going through hard seasons in life. Maybe you're, you know, caregiving an aging parent. Maybe you're in the middle of a remodel. Like there's all these different things that happen. Maybe you're in the middle of a, you know, a job situation or layoff situation or something where there's someone in this in-between phase in your household, or maybe it's you. All of these things, these six things we're going to talk through, I think can be really, really helpful. So the first thing that you can do to improve adaptability in motherhood and life is to honor your scrappiness. And I think that I really underestimated how scrappy I became in motherhood. I became really scrappy as an entrepreneur as soon as I embraced being an entrepreneur. So my first eight or so years as a personal trainer with a fitness business, I did not embrace being an entrepreneur. I was like, yeah, like I'm kind of a business owner, but like 
I don't really know how to do that. So I'm just like making it up as I go, which was true, by the way. But I wasn't owning that I was doing a really good job making it up as I go. I was having a lot of success making it up as I was going. And that paid off over and over and over again and helped me build something really incredible. And as soon as I was able to say, oh, I'm actually building this thing, I am the CEO, then I was able to honor like, oh, look at the things you already did and that you figured out as you had to figure them out and you totally nailed it. Or maybe sometimes you didn't nail it, but you figured out how to get it done in a way that was like most efficient or most effective or just like sometimes just checking the box, but like that was good enough. So owning your scrappiness and honoring your scrappiness is going to be huge. I've done this in entrepreneurship, but motherhood forced me to do it in a whole new level because what did I have to do? I had to like operate on no sleep. I had a baby that was really struggling with feeding. I was really struggling with nursing. All sorts of things had to happen that were very messy and very imperfect and were really, really hard in the moment. And all of that allowed for greater adaptability moving forward. While I hated it in the moment and I was frustrated and angry and, you know, definitely lost it a number of times, lots of tears during that season. But on the back end of that, I was like, okay, like I got through that there's a whole bunch of other stuff now that I can do with ease, even if it's uncertain, challenging, I have to do something like new and uncomfortable, because look what I just did. Like I just kept a baby alive for a year. Thank you very much. Like there's a whole new system of things and set of things that I can do that I did not know that I could do before. So the second way to improve adaptability in motherhood is to own your creative problem solving skills. So on top of honoring being scrappy and being able to figure things out, also not just letting it be like I'm scrappy and sometimes I figure things out in this messy way, but also kind of evolving that to I'm actually a creative problem solver. And so sometimes when we look at things being messy and scrappy, we don't honor that actually we're figuring things out in really creative ways that allow for really great outcomes. And when we can do that and we can notice that pattern, that actually elevates scrappiness, right? So scrappiness is like I did what I had to do to get by, but if you look back and you're like, okay, I was actually creative in problem in solving this problem. And what does that say about me? Have there been other times when I've been creative about solving problems? Maybe I'm not as scrappy and as messy as I think. Maybe I'm actually a creative problem solver because I've had to overcome all of these different things or because of the adversity I've faced or because of all these situations where I've had to be adaptable. When you can own being a creative problem solver, think about how you will handle problems that fall in your lap to be like, oh, well, I'm a creative problem solver. So I mean, I got this. I'm good at solving problems in creative ways with no resources or, you know, on a short timeline or whatever. Huge shift in mindset, right? Like that's a huge growth mindset, self-talk there to say, I'm a creative problem solver versus I'm just kind of scrappy and I figure it out as I go, right? That's like next level. Or to say like, I'm just really bad at being adaptable. So think about how your behavior changes when you have the belief that you're a creative problem solver. And the belief that you are a creative problem solver, by the way, is very, very true because you don't get anywhere in motherhood without being a very creative problem solver. This isn't even about motherhood. It's about caregiving. I was walking Piper the other day and I, she pooped and I reached down to grab a poop bag and the thing was empty. And I was like, oh shoot. And like, I cannot leave poop sitting on someone's parking strip. So I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And so I'm like looking at like my options for like leaves that I could like wrap the poop in and carry it home. And I'm like, this doesn't look good. And I'm on a street where a lot of people walk dogs. So I'm like, is there another person around me? I look around. Absolutely no one. I mean, like 99.9% of the time when I'm on the street, there's like seven other dogs walking, but this day, no one, no one was out. 
So I see this woman getting into her car, like just a little ways down from us. And she has a car seat in the back of her car. And I'm like, she's a mom. She probably has a Ziploc baggie or a wipe or something in her car. So I go up and I knock on her window and I'm like, hey, um, this is kind of weird, but I don't have poop bags with me and my dog just pooped. And I'm wondering if you have anything in your car that I could use for to pick up this dog's poop. And she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I also look and I see that she actually has like three car seats in her car. She's like, oh my gosh, I almost always have something, but I don't think I have anything today. And so she had a bunch of disposable masks in her car. And I was like, would you mind giving me just one of those disposable masks? And she was like, yeah, totally. If you want to use that, I'm like, I mean, I'd use it over nothing. So she hands it to me and I'm totally like laughing. She's laughing. And she's like, I love that you're like such a good (laughs) citizen. I'm like, yeah, like I just carry a lot of guilt with me. (laughs) And like, this is what happens when you were raised Catholic. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So I get the mask, she drives away, and then I see a woman finally turn the corner walking her dog, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go ask this woman for a bag. So I ended up getting the dog bag. But creative problem solving, right? I'm like, what can I do? I can use a leaf. I can find a random person walking to her car. Even if she doesn't have a baggie, I can ask her for a disposable mask. Like I just was able to be a creative problem solver because I've had to do it a million times before. (laughs) So when we can own that, like these are the things that we do in moments where there's an obstacle, then we treat obstacles really, really differently. The third thing I want you to do to improve adaptability is to check your ego. Sometimes we really let our ego get in the way where we make these assumptions about ourselves that just aren't true. And that can be positive or negative, like where we're too pompous in a way and we need to let that go. Or we're like not giving ourselves credit in a way and we need to let that go. And so checking your ego to be like, hey, like, don't be hard on yourself. You got this. And also look how you've already, you know, done this multiple times in the past or checking your ego to think like, I'm too good for this, or I don't need to be adaptable anymore, or like I've already done this a million times and I don't need to keep growing or evolving or whatever. No, like check your ego and see like where are you holding on to things that either aren't true or that just aren't helpful. (laughs) And if you're holding on to things that aren't true or are not helpful, you need to change the conversation in your head for better or for worse, right? So checking your ego makes a huge difference in terms of your ability to be adaptable and nimble and even your willingness to do things in ways that you think might not work. 
I have seen this a lot over the last few years as people have had to make career decisions and business decisions. And there's been a lot of, you know, checking an ego in order to maybe make a career move that's not an upward move, or maybe not even a lateral move, maybe a step down to make accommodations for a different need. I've seen people make career decisions where it's not been about moving up, but it's about making space for a different need and really having to check their ego to be like, hey, you know, it's not always about moving up the ladder. Sometimes it's about moving across and sometimes it's actually really important to move down. There are definitely circumstances that necessitate that. And to be humble enough and gracious enough to do that says a lot about who you are. And when we can check our ego, we can adapt in those different ways so that we're not so stuck on only seeing things from one perspective or only thinking that one way is like the quote unquote right way that we are actually able to open a lot more doors for ourselves. The fourth way to improve adaptability is to embrace change as a constant. So I talked about this already a little bit with the Jim Collins quote, but really recognizing that there's no period, like there's never a period in life where you're like, okay, and now I'm done, period. Now things are good, period. Now things are, you know, set in stone, period. Now I have the template or the magic solution, period. It's always a comma, right? Like you figure it out and then there's a comma because you're gonna have to figure out the next thing real soon. And so if we can embrace change as constant, then we're not in this space where we're trying to get to an end destination, but we're creating a mental space for us to be always ebbing and flowing and kind of rolling with all the things that happen on a regular basis. And sometimes that is like real high waves. Sometimes it's real low waves. Sometimes we are deep in the valley. And then sometimes we're like at the top of the mountain and it's amazing. And so embracing change being a constant can be really helpful. And it can be really helpful when you're deep in the valley being like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to get to the top of the mountain. If you can recognize that change is constant and that different, better things will happen, that's going to keep you going in those hard times. And in those really great times, recognizing like it's really great right now. And I need to prepare myself for like something I'm going to have to move down a few notches at some point. Like not every day is going to be the best day of my life. (laughs) As opposed to what my child would like to think. (laughs) where He's like, it's the worst day ever. And I'm like, it can't always be the worst day ever. Like it's never as good as you think. And it's never as bad as you think, right? The fifth thing that I want to offer you to improve adaptability in motherhood and life is becoming comfortable being uncomfortable, having more ease around discomfort. And this is something I've talked about for 20 years, as long as I've been coaching in any capacity, whether I'm talking about getting comfortable being uncomfortable in workouts, which I talked about for 15 years in the fitness world, or getting comfortable being uncomfortable in new habits that are unfamiliar, or getting uncomfortable being uncomfortable in a new work environment, or you know, starting your own business, or making a new connection, or going to a networking event, or asking for help you know, having to be an advocate for your child, getting comfortable by practicing being in discomfort and finding some ease with that is such a tremendous way to grow yourself. I have found that the more I walk into discomfort, the more ease I have with it. And the more I can recognize that worst case scenarios rarely happen. And even if they do, I have been resourceful and nimble enough in my life that I will always be able to figure it out. So the things that are really uncomfortable that sometimes can definitely have me on my knees only allow me to stay there for a short amount of time because I'm willing to sit in that place of discomfort knowing that I can figure things out and knowing that I can hold some ease even in discomfort. Now, I'm not saying I'm always perfect at this. (laughs) 
<laughs> there are definitely days where I'm less perfect than others. But when I really sit and pay attention and listen inward, I can definitely see, feel, hear, and acknowledge that. And it makes a really big difference. This is something that people have come back to me and said to me so many times where they've said, oh my gosh, Sarah, I finally got comfortable being uncomfortable or found ease and discomfort. And it's the thing that's changed everything because it changes my ability to step out of my comfort zone and go after things I really want, but know that it's going to be uncomfortable and then be like, okay, this is the thing that happens when you grow. Like it's really uncomfortable and sometimes weird and awkward and sometimes really messy or imperfect. And that's exactly what growth looks like. So that's how it should be right now. And that can make a really big difference in terms of adapting in the moment and long term. And then the sixth thing, the sixth thing I want to offer you for how to improve adaptability in motherhood and life is to commit to long-term growth mindset. So the book Mindset by Carol Dweck is a book I refer to over and over and over again. It's phenomenal. And she talks about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So our fixed mindset is where we think we have limited resources and everything in the world is limited on our ability to learn and grow and change is limited versus a growth mindset, which recognizes I'm always learning. I'm always growing. There's always other options. There's enough for everyone. There's enough out there. I always have enough. And when we have that growth mindset, we are able to conquer so many more things. And when we have a fixed mindset, we're really good at finding proof of everything else in the world being fixed and predetermined. Either way you want to find evidence, you will be able to do so. So you will always be able to find evidence of possibility and potential, and you will always be able to find evidence that there's never enough. It's never fair. It's always hard. I'm not that smart. I'm not that good at it. Everyone's better than me. Like you get to pick which evidence you want to collect because you can always find evidence in either direction. But when you commit to long-term growth mindset, you are committed to long-term learning. And when you're doing this long-term learning, whether it's through reading or listening to podcasts, listening to this podcast, recognizing where you want to invest in relationships in terms of your choice of colleagues and friends and mentors and coaches, all of that will deeply, deeply impact and guide how you make decisions and how you respond to change and to uncertainty and to discomfort. And that will change the trajectory of your life. My growth mindset changed dramatically when I started hiring coaches back in like 2010-ish. I've had mentors over the years, and I've intentionally walked away from mentors over the years in order to be aligned with the growth mindset that I want to cultivate for myself. So if you commit to learning and mentorship and choosing to invest in certain relationships, then you will never stop learning, growing, or seeing more possibility and potential in your life. And that's the choice I want you to make for yourself. I want you to see yourself as someone who's adaptable and then constantly be finding proof of that. And you're going to keep finding proof of that if you're always learning and growing. So as a recap, the six ways that you can improve adaptability in motherhood and in life is to honor your scrappiness, to own your creative problem-solving skills, to check your ego, to embrace change as a constant, to become comfortable being uncomfortable, and to commit to long-term growth mindset. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Share this episode with someone who needs it today. And please remember that I'm in this with you always. Always. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. <laughs>